What would you buy with $200 billion on this tech edition of Industry Focus? Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. And to my left is the incomparable, the irreplaceable Dylan Lewis. It's like a fighter's intro right there, Sean. Yeah, he's I'm coming getting out. pumped up. I'm like ready to come out of the corner. You your robe on. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it's Apple Day again. It's we have a lot of those. It's apple a day. But Apple a day keeps the doctor away. We're going to be healthy forever. Yeah. Um, but uh, they just reported earnings. Wall Street was somewhat disappointed. I don't know why. This yeah. company has $200 billion in cash. They beat earnings. Like, what's the deal here? Yeah. So, face value, EPS was $1.85. Uh, estimates had come in around $1.81. So, they impressed there. Uh, revenue was $49.6 billion. Uh, analysts had been expecting like $49.4 billion. So, you look at the two go to stats and you're like, well, this looks like a pretty good quarter. What happened? <laughs> the stock was down as much as 10%, you know, and after I was trading and I was like, they rocked it. What's the problem? Yeah. So, analysts uh, seemed a little, I don't know, disappointed with iPhone sales. So, the company sold 47.5 million iPhones during the quarter. And so, we're going to reference Q3 here. Uh, their fiscal quarter doesn't line up with the traditional calendar quarter. So, okay. it's Apple's Q3, uh, standard calendar's Q2. Um, analysts had expected around 49.4 million iPhones. So they missed the I mean, boat I have on that. one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they missed on that a little bit. Um, some people are pointing to weak guidance as another possible explanation. Which, would, to my mind, is pretty much the only explanation for the slight sell-off. Yeah. And realistically, okay, so Q4 analyst expectations were about $51 billion before they provided any guidance. Uh, Apple was reporting guidance of $49 billion to $51 billion. So the higher range of the guidance that they're expecting lines up with analyst expectations. And and the the crazy thing is like this is a company that's known for providing extremely conservative guidance. Right. So you know the last three quarters they've beaten guidance on revenue and gross margins every single quarter. Last three quarters. It's like everybody was expecting it to just like go crazy, and when it didn't, they sold their shares. Like I don't. Yeah, they're waiting for this ridiculous pop. This uh, is this is not foolish investing. We do not endorse this. No, <laughs> I, I think I still see a fantastic company. Incredible amount of cash at hand. They've got a great product. I don't see any worries here. Even I, I so I compare the earnings just the Ford P's and everything. Arguably, it's still a cheap stock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Ford P basis, looks good. Um, I think it's a big overreaction, and I think there's a couple big things to look forward to uh, in the next coming quarter. So this past quarter, ASP's average selling prices were up sequentially, and I think the interesting thing about that is they face a lot of currency headwinds. So that's including the strong dollar. Meaning the str- yeah, okay. On international sales. So that's incorporating that into average selling prices and they still were up sequentially. Uh, and this is typically a weak quarter for them. Uh, you know, with the expected upgrade uh, new product coming out in September, typically sales tend to drop off in right. this Q3 period. And so for them to be up sequentially and not be discounting products, uh, not have, you know, uh, some of the wireless carriers giving promotions things like that, like it's obviously a good sign. Yeah. Okay. Was there any weaknesses that stuck out to you? Um, nothing huge. You know, obviously, like iPod sales fell. <laughs> Apple Watch <laughs> cough. Apple Watch. Yeah, and that's something we can touch on a little bit later. But they seemed very vocally happy about what's going on with the Apple Watch. Um, it's something we we're going to touch on a little bit. But the company's messaging was overwhelmingly positive when it comes to the Apple Watch. Um, they indicated that it beat internal projections and that June outsold April and May, which is, I think surprised a lot of people. That's actually, yeah, a big deal. Because there were these rumors that it had fallen 90% and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And even the Mac line, you know, so you look at the PC industry and you're hearing about how there's uh, year-over-year comp 
declines of like nine percent. Right. The Mac line was up like nine percent. Wow. So, so like so everybody's <laughs> stopping to buy PCs and they're buying Macs. So, so they're bucking the trend in that category. I mean, in a lot of respects, you look at everything they're doing. It's, this is overwhelmingly positive. I think this is a huge market overreaction. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we move on, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor might be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from a team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And uh, so next up, we're talking about the Apple Watch. Yeah, that seems like the natural progression if we're going to uh, break down the, the, Apple's earnings. The secret, <laughs> the secret sauce to uh, Apple's results and everything. Yeah, everyone wants to know, like, how many people bought an Apple Watch? What was the average selling price for the Apple Watch? Um, the company made it clear, like, they're going to be scarce on details. Um, they think it's a competitive advantage to keep kind of mum on these Apple Watch figures, and they're going to hold on to them. It seems like this is just the the human urge, just grasp at what's next. Yeah. Yeah, I think and it's like because it's an open question. It's like okay, we have a company. Its market cap is seven seven hundred fifty billion dollars. It's the largest publicly traded company on planet Earth. Earnings are huge. Where does it go from here? Like it'll hit a. Tr- How can it grow? And so there's naturally this question of okay, so what's the next big product? Because everyone's like, okay, is it the TV? Is it the watch? So I can't blame people. Right. I love that Apple's being <laughs> coy about it. But <laughs> well, and one of the concerns that you do here, I think, that's pretty legitimate, is that how concentrated they are with iPhone sales. Right. You know, it's about seventy percent of their revenue. Um, and so because do- arguably they should change their name to iPhoning or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I think people want to see some diversification among their product lines. Um, tough to do that, and tough to see exactly what they're getting into here with the Apple Watch, because they've been difficult. Um, what they messaged in their conference call was that the Apple Watch exceeded internal expectations. Not clear whether that's units or revenue. Uh, Going to look for some more insight in the coming quarters it's, on that. It's fine if you didn't. Did you catch um, what those were a couple of months ago? Do they ever say, oh, we're hoping to sell 10 million of these? Did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've been really cagey about that. Um, they also said that Apple Watch sell-through was higher than comparable launch periods for both the iPhone and the iPod. That seems so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Again, like, we're, we're kind of grasping at straws here. Um, and I think the most interesting thing that they mentioned was that sales trends, uh, one of the analysts had asked about whether it was a linear thing or was there you know, a big drop-off, because uh, that was a concern that a lot of people had voiced in the marketplace. And The 90%. Like, yeah. yeah. And they said that uh, June sales of the watch were higher than April or May's. Wow. Which is crazy, because I think that there was a big shakeup uh, a couple weeks ago in the market. Uh, Slice Intelligence, uh, tech intelligence firm, uh, put out a report that indicated that June's daily sales of the Apple Watch were down 90% from the product's launch week. And that's what I would have suspected, because uh, I can think of a number of fools here at headquarters that got the Apple Watch right when it came out, just because they're loyal Apple followers, Mm -hmm. and they like the products and everything, and I haven't seen anybody that I know buy it this month. And so I'm wondering like where these sales came from, if it was because of a rollout in China or something. Like I don't, you know... Yeah, I think you're going to expect a big surge when a product becomes available. Right. Um, I think upon closer glance with this study, we see maybe some limitations to their data collection. Uh, one of the things that I was talking about with one of our writers was, you know, they base this on e-receipts. And so, you know, Apple I Watch- thought you were going to say they went to one store in Santa Monica, California. <laughs> no, it, it was limited to the U.S. Okay. Um, but they, they base their, all their data on e-receipts. And so one of the major limitations with that is 
the the uh, the Apple Watch wasn't available in brick and mortar stores until June, and so That's, yeah. all receipts were e receipts up until June. That's <laughs> a big hole because if I'm buying a brand new product sight unseen, I'm gonna use it first. I'm going to go to the store. Yeah. Um, in fact, even before I bought the iPhone, um, that's the new one, I just wanted to see how it worked and try out the new fingerprint thing and all that. And if you're buying it from a retailer, you're probably going to get a paper receipt. Right. You might also get an email to you. Right. But, um, you know, so I think there's a limitation there. Um, and, you know, since they don't have a regulatory body looking over their shoulder, I'm going to trust Tim Cook and Apple from the conference call when it comes right. to June being stronger than April and May. Um Looking from at some insight from some other outlets, I think Nine to Five Mac did a really awesome breakout uh, following the conference call, and so Apple Watch falls into the other product product category. Uh, category is two point six billion in fiscal Q three, and that was up forty nine percent from uh, fiscal Q three twenty fourteen, where it was one point seven billion. What else is in that category? Do you know iPods? Okay, it's predominantly right. iPods, some of their service stuff as well. So it's safe to say this is mostly watches. Then I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, it's interesting <laughs> you say that. So in the conference call, Tim Cook said. The contribution from Apple Watch accounted for well over 100% of the growth of the category. Yeah. So the category grows roughly a billion. And he said, I think it was like 110% of the growth. Really, that's the number I've seen. Okay. And so, you know, figure maybe it's a billion in uh, in that's revenue. That's all right. And at an ASP of 400 to 450, which I've seen a lot of outlets floating as, you know, their estimate, that's a ballpark of 2.5, maybe 3 million units. So I, I, that's the best we can get in terms of uh, an estimate right. for what they've been doing this quarter. Um, so that's all. Thank you for digging that out and doing the back of the envelope math there and everything. Um, I do think it's safe to say, though, that Apple Watch, I mean, unless everybody in the world buys one, it's probably not going to be the next iPhone. I don't think so. Um, but it could be something that is an awesome add-on to one of their existing products, and it keeps people in their ecosystem. Right, which is actually the key. Yeah. Okay. Um, big question in everybody's mind because of the uh, macroeconomic slowdown there. How is China looking for Apple? Right. So so China is Apple's second largest market. Uh, not surprisingly, the America is number one, around right. $20 billion this past quarter. Uh, China is now $13 billion, and that is 112% growth over last year. That's going year's to change quarter. in two years or something. Like, yeah. It's going to, yeah. And uh, Tim Cook said in the conference call, you know, we expect China to be our biggest market. Wow. In years. And, um, you know, the analysts voiced some opinions about, you know, is this something we should be worried about with, you know, some of the macroeconomic concerns there? Um, their financial market's kind of taken a hit recently. And he seemed totally unfazed. And he sees a lot of opportunities in the place. Um, he pointed to the fact that LTE penetration is only 12% currently in China. Wow. Which is awesome. I mean, if you're yeah. smart, there's a huge opportunity there if right. you're providing smartphones. Um, he also pointed to the figure that McKinsey expects a middle class to grow uh, from 14% of households in the country from 2012 up to 54% by 2022. Wow. So, you're a huge wealth effect there. Yeah. And everybody's freaking out about China's stock market, this and the other thing, but you know, you can believe these numbers that you can't, but their GDP just came in. It's still 7% growth, which is amazing for any other country on planet Earth. So, yeah. You know, and I think kind of anticipating uh, some of this middle class growth and people having more disposable income in the country, uh, Apple is growing out their retail footprint there. So I and think, as we all know, Apple actually just sells cool. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like they're they're luxury products, so they do very well in Asia. Um, and I think they're targeting about forty retail stores mm. by midway through next year, and I think they're around twenty right now. Got it. So I'm pretty much doubling their footprint. Cool. Very good. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Dylan. Always a pleasure, Sean. Have a good one. You too. If you are a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. 
And as always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.